And you know it starts with me going, here we go. <laughs> yeah. So, Dana, thank you for coming to Joe's. This is my first podcast at Joe's Squared. I don't oh, know if cool. it's the first podcast here. Nice. Because I'm pretty sure I did a show where there was like a live show that did like a live Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I forget the name of that show, but it was like an ongoing thing, but they did a live from here years cool. ago. But so. How do you do that? How does um, that work? I've, I've actually been wanting to get into D&D. Really? Um, I am not like, I, I love Sword and Shield stuff, but I'm not like a D&D guy. Yeah. So, um, but I think it's just like, it, you know, people set aside time to kind of meet up and it's just like that ongoing adventure of like, oh. we're going to just, somebody, huh. I work with someone who plays D&D and recently they told me that like their current character died, mm -hmm. but they had another character who he wrote out of the adventure at an earlier point in time. So oh. he was like, this is the perfect opportunity for me to like write the return story of my old character. <laughs> so That's awesome. So it's, it's like a giant like storyboarding adventure essentially. Yeah, it's... Well, so people that would listen in on a podcast that weren't a part of like, is it like a league or I don't know how what you would call it. Oh, a league. Yeah, I guess you're right. What like the group I, is. Would they just be like, like a what party, I guess. The hell are we doing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's, that's so interesting. That's awesome. I yeah. I it's almost beyond me. Sometimes I worry that like my imagination in that regard like has kind of can I cuss on this podcast? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. It's kind of like take <laughs> take it. It's like down the shitter at this point where like I don't know if I would be able to like conjure up characters and combat styles and stuff like that on the fly, like with oh, a sure. group of people. Yeah, I, I, I feel, feel like I'd be a weak link. <laughs> you know, I can't speak for it because I, again, I don't play, but I feel yeah. like you probably like, as you build your character, sort of learn almost like, oh, this is how this character behaves and acts. Gotcha. And like, you know, Interesting. Um, cool. but you're right. It is like a group effort to kind of keep the adventure going, you know, right. I, I'm pretty sure there's like a, you a know, D, a master, DM, right? they yeah. kind of guide the thing, but it's sort of everyone's like, you know, everyone still has to show up every week to be like, all right, right. like got to push it forward to the next like yeah. thing. Greg so. Strummer hosts a <laughs> D and D group every week. Oh, and cool. so like he's invited us over recently and I'm like, maybe it's time. Yeah. That's <laughs> all I'm hearing about these days is Dungeons um, and Dragons. <laughs> well, yeah. I definitely know it got a resurgence because of COVID. Yeah. And then I have some friends that do it online through like, I guess it's called Roll20, wow. which is a like app to, to like, cool. and then, and also with Zoom and stuff. And someone was That's like awesome. asking me literally this weekend, audio questions. Like, so I'm a DM for a campaign and you know, I use a headset microphone, but it's picking up my mouse clicks oh, shit. and it's like, what do I, what do I do? And like, I don't know a ton about like real time audio like <laughs> stuff. So I'm wondering if there is like a filter or like a gate that he can use mm -hmm. like that will like only trigger when it his voice speaks or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he was also saying he uses voice mods, if you're familiar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So to just do different characters and stuff for like the... Like he sounds like he's under witness protection, like for Yeah, exactly. He's all, <laughs> I am the troll merchant. You know, and then oh, he yeah, gets to troll. whatever. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. But cool. neither one of us, I think, know enough about Dungeons and Dragons to, to, riff for an hour, to yeah. carry an hour conversation. <laughs> I had a couple things I wanted to talk to you about, but there is, like, weirdly one thing I was thinking about. So I think I've gathered you're a pretty big Alice in Chains fan. A huge Alice in Chains fan. Yeah. Yes. I am. That was, like, my, like, I was obsessed. Yeah. In high school, I was, like, a diehard fan. Mm -hmm. And, like... 
I'm 10 years after grunge, so like I was obsessed. Like Lane Staley had already passed yeah, and yeah. like all this kind of stuff. But like <laughs> I'm wearing the t-shirt at my job. Yeah. I'm trying to act like I know something. I'm like, you guys don't even understand. This is <laughs> literally the greatest band of all time. I, know. I have Music Box. I own two copies of Music Box. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, if it's any I, consolation, I'm, I I was born in 1997, okay. so I, I really don't. I, I don't like. Yeah, I yeah. was not at all there for the experience. Of sure, sure. I'm yeah. the biggest poser right. <laughs> between the two of us. So. I I could I probably could have like gotten into music at like I would have been a child, like you know, mm -hmm. like five years old yeah. in 1992. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, at, you know, the P dirt and uh, whichever. Facelift. Yeah, well, in Nirvana. Zap was well, the EP. Yeah, well, Dirt came out in 92. Nevermind came out in 92. Yeah. 91. Bad Motor Finger or, I want to say Bad Motor Finger. Maybe it was like the, the one after that. But anyway, grunge was happening. Happening. But I was five. Yeah, so. I think Super Nun was later 90s. <laughs> I know Louder Than Love was like 89 or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So I love Soundgarden too. <laughs> yeah, again, like, because when I got into music, the thing about grunge is like it's heavy music, but then it's melodic vocals, totally. you know? So I definitely at the time, and I've gotten into it now since, but like screaming and growling and all that stuff, I just didn't understand it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Metallica would do like a, a grunty kind of thing, but it, and then eventually they did like the, oh yeah, but like, <laughs> um, you know, the, the Metallica I liked still wasn't as grunt, like screamy, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So that was accessible. Yeah. Um, Alice in Chains was definitely the band that I was just like, it's the greatest band of all time. Mm -hmm. And I I literally was obsessed. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't know. I was just like, they were the coolest. Jerry Cantrell's the best guitar player. Yes. Like, it's just all that kind of stuff. But like, to be honest, not a whole lot of people like, you know, are on my level with this obsession. <laughs> and most of the people roll their eyes at me when I go, this is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Screw those people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> firstly, yeah. we don't need those people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally understand that. My high school boyfriend was like super into grunge and he really opened my world up. Like I was, you know, in typical like angsty high school fashion like I was listening to a lot of like really sad like acoustic folk music uh -huh. and then my high school boyfriend comes in who's like a few years older than me and he's like super into grunge and super into just like rock and roll alternative and, like, yeah, and yeah and like my growing up like my dad I said off record earlier that um, I'm from the eastern shore so that being said, my next sentence is my world when I was younger was filled with a lot of Southern rock oh, yeah. and blues, all the stereotypes. And um, my Some mom. beach rock. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there was little of that. It was mainly just like Southern rock, even though we're not really South. Gotcha. That kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That weird thing. For um, sure. But my mom was like super into like jazz and standards, like Rat Pack kind of stuff. Okay. So like I had a really weird eclectic. And then both my parents loved like Motown and like doo-wop and all that. So Okay. So like um, musical parents then. Yeah. Musically yeah. appreciative parents. Gotcha. My dad played a little guitar in high school, but ultimately I feel like I only have like one family member, which is my cousin. Shout out to Kristen Lagana. She's a Baltimore musician. Okay. Um, she's like my only real like musical family member that's like in my <laughs> family. So like I had parents that listened to a lot of music, but like didn't play. Cool. Um, so yeah. One, anyway, when I got into high school and I met my high school boyfriend, Brandon, um, yeah, we kind of, the grunge world it just fell yeah. upon me. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it has never left me. Yeah. Um, did you, uh, I don't know if you even saw it, but did you see that I actually met Jerry Cantrell? 
I think I did yeah. actually. <laughs> it's like, is that why this question came up? Yeah. Well, I, it's very possible that that was when I might have like saw that you were like, "How's a change?" But but some, I gathered that information at some mm-hmm. point, and I just remember being like, "I like Allison yeah. James." We like, should talk at some point. <laughs> yeah, I had yeah. the pleasure of um, <laughs> fucking dumb luck. Uh, Jerry Cantrell released like his first solo record last year since I guess like degradation trip. Yeah. So like a long, long ass time um, coming, and uh, his management company, Velvet Hammer, they were like Deftones management, all that. Okay. Messaged me on Instagram and then emailed my Gmail connected to my Instagram Whoa. saying that they were trying to film a promo like countdown for his upcoming record. Yeah. And they picked some fans and then some like colleagues of his to like do like a countdown video. And they were like, do you want to participate? We'll give you like $50 towards the merch store. I'm like, dude, I do that shit for free. Are you kidding? Yeah, like, are you serious? So yeah. I got to do that. I was day seven. I think, okay. and I got to like, <laughs> I had to like film a video of me doing uh, one of like the song lyrics from Brighton, the title track. Yeah, and I've heard some of that. Yeah, yeah, and I was wearing a Soundgarden shirt in the video because I. Yeah, you didn't want to be the person no, I wearing, be the person band. wearing the yeah. band shirt. You've you know? seen PCU. We all know the rules. Yeah, you can't exactly. do that. Can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> super lame. So um, unless you buy the shirt at the concert, exactly, then yeah. that's okay. Yeah. That's yeah. That's okay. Yeah. So yeah, I got to uh, submit that. It's like still up on his social media and everything. And he thanked all of us at the end of the, you know, release. And um, I'm at this point now where like I'm just like, what's the harm in asking for shit, you know? So I emailed the girl whose email I had from it when he came to Ramshead Live yeah. in April of last year. And I was like, hey, uh, since I did this promo for Jerry, can I get the VIP like meet and greet package? And she was like, yeah, totally. No problem. I was like, shit, let's go. That's so amazing. that's how I met him. Yeah. Yeah. I um Did you get a lot of time with him? Uh so it was kind of one of the situations where they had you at like one of these like nobody that's listening to this can see this. But if you've been to Joe Squared, like high top bar table, like it's like sure. these without the chairs. So and he, he's we, sitting there with like shades and a leather with jacket. Shades, with shades. Um <laughs> I can't remember if he was wearing I don't think he was definitely not wearing a leather jacket. Okay. Um but he had some really cool shades on. Yeah, yeah. And we shook hands. He signed my ticket stub for me and gave me a pick and I like very boldly was like, yeah, so um, I see you have this girl opening for you on this tour. And she was the only other like unknown musician that he had featured on the countdown. Okay. And I was like, so with that being said, like that means I get to open for you for the next tour, right? And I was like <laughs> pissing my pants on the inside. I'm like, yeah, Dana, yeah. just go, just go for it. <laughs> and he was like, you know, that kind of confidence is exactly what's going to propel you through our industry. And I was like, that's hilarious. Thank you, sir. And then He's I like, like, no, but nice try. Good. That's, yeah. that's really cute. <laughs> yeah, Thanks. yeah, you got, so, the, you got the gumption, kid. So I thought yeah. I nailed it, and I, like, walked away, like, hair flip and everything, like, yeah. see you later, Jerry. And then I fucking, <laughs> fucking leave the pick that he gave me oh, no. on the table. So I like think I like Mike dropped it and like left. And yeah, then yeah. he's like, Hey, you forgot your pick. I'm like, shit. Like all my cool points Thank are so totally much. gone. Yeah. I was like, Thank you should you, just sir. turn around and be like, keep it. And I, <laughs> I don't use a pick, which I don't, yeah, yeah. I should have been like, I don't need that. Like, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it was, uh, that was my, my crowding moment. And then, um, at the end I was front row for the show. So cool. I, at the end of the, 
I was texting Greg in real time. And I was like, Jerry Cantrell just winked at me. Like, I'm leaving you. <laughs> like, this is, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. This is my shot. This is my only shot. <laughs> it was awesome. It was, a, it was a great show. I had so much fun at the VIP thing, even though it was like its own weird sterile thing because of COVID. But sure, um, it was really cool. No, I have a photo with him. And I don't know. That's, it's cool. That's great. One for the books. Yeah. They were, <laughs> yeah, my first concert, I'm pretty sure it was my first concert, was Atlantic City 2000 five or six, mm -hmm. and AIC got back together with William Duvall for the first time. Awesome. And they were part of a VH1 classic taping for a Heart concert for some reason. Cool. Mike Inez played in Heart for a while, and then they're all Seattle. Yeah, Anne uh, and Lane were good friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nancy, well, no, you're Anne. Mm -hmm. The, uh, the non-guitar player, yeah. sister. Yeah. Anne sings. Actually, does Anne play guitar? Yeah, we're messing this up. Black-haired Anne. Anyway, yeah, Anne's black we know Anne. Yeah. <laughs> Anne sings on Am I Inside? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's so there's all this connection, but at the time, it's like I was just so stoked to, like, go and see them. That's awesome. And my dad, you know, I was of an age where he didn't, he wouldn't have let me go to Atlantic City by myself, so yeah. he was like, how about I go with you? And I was just like, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> um, he takes me. He hates like that kind of st oh, music shit. too. You know what I mean? Like he's not. What a good he's, sport. He's super Catholic. He loves Les Miserables oh. and he loves like Broadway. He used to listen to like Michael Crawford's Phantom of the Opera and the Cats soundtrack. Oh, yikes. And, I was okay with Phantom of the Opera until yeah. you said Cats. So I was like, damn, what is that? Um, so like he's like, he loves theater and he loves musical theater and stuff. So like. Alice in Chains was not the the move, no. but he loved me enough to be like, okay, I'll take you. That's precious. And they, <laughs> so he takes me, and I'm just so stoked. But like, they have Duff McKagan is playing guitar with them cool. for some reason. He was on the countdown for Jerry's oh, thing. Okay. I guess they're tight. Nice. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, they had Phil and Selmo come out, who nice. I know have people have mixed He's feelings about. He's very controversial, but I love Pantera. <laughs> yeah, as I'm, a band. I was a big <laughs> yeah. Pantera was another band. I just yeah. played way too loud in the car 100%. for too long. I still do. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but he sang Them Bones, and awesome. then because they're taping it, I guess they didn't get the take they needed, so they actually did it twice. Oh, yeah, that's they're like, so awesome. Yeah, he's like, oh, we're, Phil, Phil's like, well, we're actually, uh, we're going to do it again if that's okay with you. Uh, yeah. And everyone's like, yeah. Duh. <laughs> And yeah, he sang it great. It was definitely lower register and stuff, yeah. but it was he it was super, super solid. And then yeah, That's they bring badass. William Duvall out. Also, randomly, Carrie Underwood and Rufus Wainwright were there. What the fuck? Yeah, Carrie Underwood. Yeah, Rufus Wainwright makes more sense. Yeah, to me than Carrie Underwood. Uh, That's Wainwright. Amazing. He got booed. People were like, you, you, like they didn't even know who he was. Wow. Or just like, you're Damn. not the guys that we want. You know? I know, but Shrek. <laughs> yeah, but Shrek. <laughs> That's so wild. Uh, what did Carrie Underwood do? I can't remember. I think she sang with heart or she oh, okay, did her okay, okay. own thing. Okay. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? I yeah. know. And then, um, <laughs> but the, the big, they all came together for Rooster. That was the Sweet. big, like, um, Alice in Chains came out and they just, this huge, like, Rooster Ensemble. That's awesome. And there's a bunch of songs. So, like, Heart actually, you know, because they also played a bunch of Zeppelin. Mm -hmm. And my dad was like, I know this song. And they play Barracuda. <laughs> there He's we like, go. I know this song. Hey, and nice. then, like, you know, These Dreams, I know this song. Yes. And all this stuff. And so it's like, well, at least. And I'm sitting there like, I don't know any of this. Yeah. <laughs> but I saw House in Chains, so it's fine. Yeah. Like, well. <laughs> Dude, that would have been, like, my, I would have been blissed out between Heart 
and Allison Chains. Yeah, I mean, I have a huge appreciation now, but at the time it was just like, this is the, like, I'll see this because I at least got to see, like, totally. Because Allison Chains only played like four songs, you know what I mean? But it was their first, they did the Tsunami Benefit um, a year or two prior, um, but that was their first, like, we're back, Mm -hmm. you know? And then I ended up seeing them again at, at Ram's Head. Um, when they like were officially like, okay, we're back and we're on tour. Yeah. But it's funny because like that was them testing the waters. Mm-hmm. So they're still in Ramshead. Right. They're not playing Ramshead anymore. Hell no, <laughs> Can I actually uh, admit something that's embarrassing? Okay. Um, I've actually never seen Alice in Chains in concert. Whoa. I've only, so seeing Jerry Cantrell by himself sure. at Ramshead Live was like my first experience, yeah, yeah. and I missed them when they came around this uh, last tour. I was pissed. Yeah, I saw them open up so, for Guns N' Roses oh, a few years later. I think my high school boyfriend and my friends were uh, at that yeah. show. It was yeah. very happenstance because, like, I was also a big Guns N' Roses fan mm-hmm. growing up. Like in my 2003 Honda Civic Hybrid, blasting "Sweet Child of Mine" with the windows down, <laughs> thinking I was awesome. <laughs> and, and I was, but also this is like 2004 or five, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, you guys don't even understand. It's like, we get it. Where have you been? <laughs> yeah. Damn, that's still me with like so many yeah. like classic songs. They're oh classics, God. you know? It's, yeah, no shame. Just no shame. Interstate love song. Oh, hell like yeah. Fucking full blast. I'm oh. just like, yeah. Man, that's another <laughs> band that I really dig. Tiny Music is probably one of my favorite oh, albums. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ever. Yeah. I saw Scott Weiland very shortly before he passed. Mm-hmm. He had played Ramshead live. Play Slash? Um, he probably did. I had, a, I had a coworker who went to one of his like last uh, shows okay, in the cool. area. I wonder if it was that one. Yeah, he played Ramshead on stage in Annapolis with his like band, The Wildabouts. Dude, this is when he got <laughs> this is when he got viral singing Vaseline like mm-hmm. really out of key. Mm-mm. And like so that that was like that era, and then That's shortly a after that, era. yeah, <laughs> it's, it was the end. Yeah, <laughs> what a era. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, but yeah, GNR, and then like when it turned out that Allison Chains was also like on the bill, it was just like oh yeah, and so like I went with my brother, but yeah, like. You know, even from a stadium, like, far away, like, you know, you see, like, Jerry had a beard at this point. He looks like a wizard. Yeah. And they're just like, wow, wow, wow. It's just, it was great. That's awesome. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, like, hopefully (laughs) they get back together again. I'm sure they'll tour again. Yeah, totally. Well, they just, yeah, I mean, they just, well, they just toured this last year. Um, but the closest they think they came was, like, Norfolk. I don't think that they came to Maryland. Gotcha. So they owe us. You're listening, Jerry. Yeah. Your faithful Gerald. promo yeah. friend. <laughs> Your number one and Your... number two fans <laughs> ever. <laughs> I'll text his management. Yeah. I'll, I'll message. I'll, yeah. I'll email that one girl. Welcome to Chains Cast. <laughs> <laughs> Today on Jerry Watch, we are. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. So cool. So I got that out of the way. Yes. You know? <laughs> Um, but yeah, again, I don't like know you super well. I met you playing a show in Annapolis and then like we've bumped into each other like at shows over time. And I know you're like very active. Are you a full-time musician? I am. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. And I'm sure it's a lot of work, but like you're, from my perspective, it seems like you're doing awesome. You're crushing it. You know? Awesome. Yeah. Facades, (laughs) facades are everything. (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah. So was music early or did you, when did you pick up like singing or any playing or whatever? Um, 
So I actually was like a visual artist first and foremost. Yeah. Um, but I started playing piano. Um, my sister had gotten like this like dinky Yamaha keyboard with like the DJ voice sounds and yeah, stuff yeah. on it when I was probably five and a half ish, maybe six for Christmas. And she was into it for like a few weeks and then she put it down and then I just kind of took it. So I just pretty much ran with it at that point. And my grandparents saw my interest in it and were like, let's get you some lessons. So amazingly, my piano teacher um, happened to live in my neighborhood. Um, okay. So I started taking lessons um, around the age of six. So we're looking at 20 years this year of me playing piano. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then I took classical lessons with him from then until I turned 18. Okay. Yep, and then I don't play any classical anymore. That's not true. It's not, not anymore, but it's not, like not what I do, obviously, for a living. Um, I still have a huge fondness for classical. But when I was in high school, my dad was, like, really encouraging me to learn some, like, folk-style finger-picking okay. on guitar. Uh, specifically, he wanted me to learn Diamonds and Rust by Joan Baez. Depending on who you ask, they think of Judas Priest, but it is a Joan Baez song. <laughs> um, and I <laughs> learned that. And then I learned Simple Man by Leonard Skinnerd for my 10th grade talent show. Hell yeah. And <laughs> since I won it, I was bought a, like, plywood. Hold, hold on. Oh, you're good. Did you learn it because of Skinnerd or because of Shine Down? I learned it because of my dad. Okay. <laughs> but I did learn it. I did definitely, I definitely learned, well, I learned the picking pattern of Skinnerd, but I learned the shine down vocal part because gotcha. I think it's more interesting than sure. the Skinner. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I, you're uh, saying, like, you were like, I was born in 97. I was like, I bet she's listened to some shine down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a brief, I had a brief love affair with shine down. It, oh, it was very brief. I, um, and, one and, night stand and don't maybe. take this, don't take this the wrong way, but I definitely had a butt rock phase myself. Oh, dude. Seether, shine down. Oh, um, well, Evanescence, Hold, yeah, yeah. Let me. Sure. Yeah. They, get a, they that, get a little bit more of a pass, but they are in the hot topic section 100%. Of, of the music uh, world. So. Well, that was the first song I ever sang in public was for like my sixth grade talent show. My like singing debut was My Immortal and I made everyone cry in the auditorium. And I actually just, I, I just that played that gig on Valentine's Day in Chestertown and like, Two of my middle school teachers came, yeah. and they were like, "Are you playing Evanescence tonight?" That's and it's amazing. like this thing that follows me. Like I'm just like, can we, can we like move past that? Like, like it's been 20 years. I still love. I still totally love Amy Lee, but like, yeah, yeah. Jesus, yeah. I, I, I haven't followed Evanescence since, sure, since sure. that first album. No, I, I get that. No. But yeah, so don't worry. Uh, no, yeah. no shame. But no, it's cool. No so yeah, yeah, so you're you're learning. You know, you're picking guitar. You're singing. Yeah. Um, and I guess it just kind of builds from there. Yeah, I got that Yamaha plywood guitar in 10th grade, and I just couldn't stop me. So now um, I pretty much exclusively do, like, folk-style finger-picking when I write my music on guitar. Cool, yeah. yeah. So it's been a big influence. Nice. Uh, what's Do you think, what's your balance of, like, piano songwriting to guitar songwriting? Um, I would say that I write a lot more on the guitar and that reason being is because sometimes I feel like my classical training put me in a bit of a box on piano okay. um I don't have for like lyrics or... uh, just just I have like these go-to things that I play like my like go-to styles of playing sure I get that um so lyrics I actually generally don't write with an instrument it's just words and like then maybe I'll, I don't really have like a format of how I approach songwriting it's 
everything's different. But if I'm trying to like write something just instrumentally to start, um, I will generally go to the guitar because of the boxes that I wind up in on piano where like I'll want to arpeggiate something or I want to do the same damn progression that I always do. And because I don't quite know my way around theory wise on the guitar, it's kind of like a whole world for me, like that I can just like, you know, write some stuff by ear and I'm not analyzing it like I do when I sit down at a piano. Okay. You know, if that yeah. makes, does that make any sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I get that. I have an analogy with guitar playing and I don't skate, but like I think about guitar playing, I feel like there's this correlation between like skateboard tricks in a weird way because yep. it's almost like you're chaining your combos together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like I have my like little bag of tricks and yep. stuff. And so I get that where it's like, I'll definitely be in like songwriting mode and find myself playing like the same riff that I've written a Absolutely. thousand times. And like, it's totally okay to like have like your calling cards. Like, you know, like everybody has like their signature. Yeah. But yeah, I I run the risk of, I'm sure everybody does, but I feel like I, I especially sometimes run the risk of like sounding repetitive because writing, you know, folk music, which I don't fully describe myself as just a folk artist because I think I borrow from a lot of different places. But sure. like, yeah, it can get a little monotonous, I think. Like, so yeah, I don't want to like, just keep writing variations of the same riff. Like it really like blows my world open when I can like just tune an open tuning. Yeah. Which is terrible for when Greg decides he wants to be my guitar tech at Joe Squared and he's like, you can't just have one guitar, dude. I only have one yeah. guitar. So oh, I see like, where you're like, all right, now you tune this while I talk yeah, to the people. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. he's like, dude, you have four tunings. Like, please get another guitar so that he'll, he'll bring his from home. Oh yeah. Shout out, shout out Greg. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just so I'm not sitting there is tuning crap yeah. my set. No, that's great. Um, but it really, it does help. Cool. Yeah. Um, oh, here's where I was talking. I'm like, I, uh. it's okay. <laughs> we have 40 minutes of Alice in Chains to, you yeah, know, yeah, we have time. so much content to keep us buffered with. <laughs> so from your Simple Man era, when did you start actually like writing original music? From my Simple Man era. Yeah. I'm still in it. <laughs> yeah. Still totally Aren't in we it. all? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> People are like, who was this? like redneck that you have on your <laughs> podcast right now. Well, it all began. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm drinking seltzer, not alcohol, because then it would come out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the accent. Um, well, I would say that I started writing about the, around that time. I think when I got that guitar, you know, piano, I was, you know, 14, 15 when I got that guitar. And yeah. piano was were you singing with piano I was at, okay so yeah. the thing about that is my piano teacher was like really insistent about not teaching me pop music or anything sure, like that because yeah. he really wanted me to focus on technique and which I totally understand and he was like and if you can play this you can literally play anything and he's a gigging musician as well so I totally understand that intention but my practice was like having the radio on all day at home, which really helped my ear and just like listening for like whatever song I wanted to learn, like yeah. that'll play two, three times an hour on the radio and then just like try and absorb it as quick as possible and like really challenged my brain um, and my memory and ear. But that shit got old and I was like, <laughs> and when I got this guitar, I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready to like try and start writing songs. And at the time growing up in Centerville, there's like not shit to do over yeah. there in cornfields. And I had met some friends from down in Easton who were a little older than me and they were in bands and like 
my high school friends, there was an open mic going on down there in Easton. And so like my high school friends, which there were a few of us that played music at Queen Anne's, which was kind of weird, but we just would all like get together and drive down to Easton, whichever one of our friends had a license. We were like, we're going to Easton. And that's where we started doing open mic. And I was making some new friends from other schools and kids were like, doing their angsty original music. And I was like, you know what? I'm fucking pissed off all the time. Like, I'm ready to write some shit. So I think after I had gotten my heart broken at like my first real heartbreak, I think at 16 years old, I was like, it's my debut. And I clearly had a lot to say because my first song um, was like eight minutes long. I just like couldn't (laughs) stop. I like couldn't stop going on about like how terrible I felt about myself. Yeah. And I was like, this feels great. So wait, you had like an eight-verse song about 100%. depression? Yeah. 100%. Not much has changed. I've just gotten really, yeah. I've gotten a little shorter. At the, like, the song's yeah, a little yeah, shorter yeah, now. But word economy, but still equally sad. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yes. So did you, I guess, did you hang out on the Eastern Shore for a while, kind of developing your performance and Definitely. stuff like that? Okay. Yeah. I... <laughs> R.I.P. to that open mic. Um, that sure, op- you were still also like you said, sixteen. Yeah, or- I was. I was still in high school, and yeah. I wasn't really in. I was in like in school music programs. I did marching band. That was pretty sweet. Um, I was in pit though, so I did. Um, I played vibraphone. Okay. And marimba, so like mouth nice. instruments. Yeah. Really, really fun. Yeah. Um, Do you still have either? I wish I had them. No, I. They're so huge. One, yeah. and then they were the schools. Yeah. So, gotcha. but I would love to buy a mallet cat and like revisit. Cool. Doing mallets because that was really awesome. Nice. Um, yeah, so I was hanging out with some musical people. That open mic stopped being a thing eventually. I don't know. I guess I want to say I was playing. There was a new open mic at the Jetty on Ken Island um, hosted by Hurricane Kevin. Shout out. He's a oh, yeah. Precious man. I'm precious man. Kevin, yes. Yeah. Stan and Joe's. Stan and Joe's. Yeah, that one's still going strong. Oh, yeah. But he was doing the Jetty for a while. And, um, I met some more friends there, and then those friends were like, hey, Jimmy Davies is hosting the open mic at Metropolitan on Wednesdays. Like, let's go up there. And I'm like, Annapolis? Cross the bridge? <laughs> what? Like, Jimmy Davies? I, yeah. I, I myself was afraid of yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy? Yeah. That was yeah, how yeah. I, myself, I didn't know who Jimmy's Chicken Shack was when I rolled up to his open mic. I was Gosh, like, hey, you dude. Get, you, didn't that, you didn't get that far into alternative music. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Once again, 97, okay? Yeah. It was not Red my fault. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so, yeah, I, I remember, like, getting up there and, like, going and playing Jimmy's open mic, and he was like, who the fuck are you? Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, hi, my name's Dana. I'm like all of 18, I think, maybe 19. That's amazing. Um, and yeah. then, yeah, I just started hanging out there more. I made quick friends with a bunch of people. And now I've had this beautiful relationship with Annapolis for the last seven years. And, you know, it's become kind of my second base. I still think to my Easton days. And then after the Easton open mic had folded, um, I was playing down in Cambridge a lot when I was younger. And I made some really amazing friends, like my friends in Black Dog Alley and my friend Bobby Reed, who had an awesome open mic down there in Cambridge too, which he still has. So yeah, I don't know. I did a lot of traveling. Uh, As soon as I left high school, I was like bumming rides from friends. And I gave my license till I was 18, so. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. But do you hit the road a lot still? I do. Yeah? I drive a Prius. Okay. I am ready to hit the road at all times. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm i not, like, touring or anything, but, you know, I started playing music in Baltimore, I want to say, when I was, like, 21. No, 20, 22. I'd say 22. Yeah. Um, I started coming up here, like, four years ago. <laughs> um because Kevin Hawk of Transcendent Events, I can't remember, I don't know how we met. I don't know if it was actually through my cousin Kristen or if it was just by chance a Facebook friend request and then that's, you know, how that goes. But yeah, yeah. my 
uh, former band, The Dead Pens, we ended up doing a couple of TE shows around Power Plant and Metro Gallery, and it was really fun, and I made some friends there. But Baltimore, I've met, like, so many different facets of the music scene here. Yeah, well, it's, pockets, it's, it's for not, sure. It's not the same as, like, you go to Annapolis, and, like, that's it. Like, yeah. it's this big group of people. Sure. And then the shore, of course, is spread out, mm-hmm. you know, but there's not as much, I don't think, going on as there used to be over there. Okay, so, like, yeah. the crowd is smaller, but, like, we all know each other, yeah, exactly. you know. Yeah, that makes but, sense. yeah, Baltimore has just been, like, this, it's been weird. Like, I, just when I think I know people, I'm, like, oh, I have no idea who any of those people are, you yeah. know? It's like, I, I, well, from my experience doing audio and live sound and stuff, I think I first noticed there was lots of little pockets when I started doing live sound, and some of it was generational, where it's like, oh, like this age group of bands all knows each other, mm-hmm. and then like this age group of bands all knows each other. And so on one level, I started this like blog thinking like I was gonna like, oh, like I just see so many different cliques and groups, like this will put it all in one place mm-hmm. or whatever, but you're right. Like how it just seems like one moment you have a grasp on what's going on and the next moment you're like, who are all these new faces? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's great. Um, but like COVID especially, cause I, I stopped taking, or, you know, I stopped doing live sound at the end of 2019 and then like I picked it back up again last year mm-hmm. and you know, that two and a half year, like period of time or whatever, like all of a sudden there's all these bands that are 22 mm-hmm that were not going to bars two years before, yep. and I'm just like, who are you? And they all rock, they're mm-hmm. great, yep. but it's just at the same time, you're just like, ah. I have to play catch up you now. And now, now I'm shit. old as hell, you know what I mean? Or yeah. I'm just like, I used to feel like a peer, mm-hmm. and now, I just, now I, I'm like, I'm a, an adult. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. dude, I know. <laughs> That's me at 26. Like, I just yeah. turned 26 at the beginning of the month, and I'm like, I'm ancient. Yeah. It's like, dude, I'm just now falling off my parents' health insurance. You're not old, oh, you know, but it's just like... Amazing, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I I have to say, like, I feel like... Uh, do you know Elias Schutzman? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so uh, I love actually Elias. actually brings me up because um, I don't know him super well, mm-hmm. but I think I've seen you guys work together. So yeah. yeah, so he helped me actually do some demoing for my album that'll be out soon, which I guess we'll talk about at some point. Yeah, um, for sure. And uh, <laughs> uh, he... Yeah. Oh, actually, let's take a note. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But he, I remember he's, he's like, he said to me, like, before, like, dude, like, you're, like, the networking queen. Like, you just, you seem to know everyone. And I'm like, yeah, you'd think. But, like, once again, COVID, like, definitely set my ass back. And, like, I have hit energetic limitations now as I'm coming into myself and realizing, like, oh, I need a lot of downtime, you know, to recharge from people. But I think, like, the best way that I networked was that I found myself feeling lonely a lot in my, like, especially in my earlier 20s, I was in, like, some dumb relationships and, like, I had a lot of alone time. And so I was like, you know what? I gotta get this shit off my head, like, off my mind. Like, I'm gonna go see a show. And so, like, I would just go to, like, a cool rock show or, like, I'd hear somebody was like, hey, that person's playing. You should go check them out. And I'm like, okay, sure. And I had friends that would, like, see me on Facebook and they were like, dude, like, you were in three different cities today. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm just bored. Like, I'm just trying to, like, go see music and meet people. And I think that's why... I know so many people and I wish I had the stamina for that still, but COVID like really knocked me down a couple pegs with like, yeah, I I just can't burn it at both ends like that now. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe one day again. Oh man. But I appreciate that kind of energy and courage because like, I don't know. I just, I think for me, it's, I'm even this show and I've mentioned this a couple of times on the show, but Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I think there was a period of time over the last few years where I kind of realized I was not like really putting myself out there Mm -hmm. enough to like 
make, you know, deeper connections and relationships with the city and just like, yeah. you know, just being a part of all the cool stuff going on that I was so aware of. I can give you so much trivia about XYZ bands. I know, oh, this person plays with them and this person does this and blah, blah, blah. But like, do I know those people, mm -hmm. you know? And so it gets to a point where you're like, I should know those people. Yeah. And you just put yourself out there. But, um, you know, you speaking about your early 20s and just being like, I'm going to go somewhere by myself because I want to go. Mm -hmm. and Which in today's world probably isn't safe. I don't advise doing that sure. unless you have self-defense weapons on you. Um. <laughs> All of that is valid for sure. I just, but at the same time, it's that there's so many people that won't take that step. They won't leave their house. They'll give themselves an excuse. Mm -hmm. And I've done that myself. Or even like, uh, you know, like I, I need, oh, I, I have a beer before I leave just to kind of like, oh, get, get chill out. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, cut the anxiety down. And mm -hmm. so I think some of that, like it gets to a point <laughs> with anxiety where you kind of just go, well, obviously the way I'm handling it isn't changing anything. No. So, you know, what's sort the of... worst that can happen <laughs> if you decide to take a chance on yourself? I mean, to the point of the beer thing yeah. is like, I definitely spent a fair share of my early 20s not like drinking to excess but I did a lot of that like social like, lubricant social lubricant yeah. indeed liquid courage <laughs> which helped me like you know I wanted to go out and like see something new and have fun but like I did have anxiety and sure the part of like going out and doing things is like my friends were lame and nobody ever wanted to go with me so I was like fuck you guys I'm just gonna start going by myself yeah. I'm gonna stop asking people to come with me yeah but I definitely went through this phase of like using Again, not like in like a, you know, not in like a, I had a problem way. Yeah, like but like I out. No, 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 nothing yeah. like that. But like I definitely like to take the edge off, I would have a drink like sure. at many places, which got me in some sticky situations. And yeah. now at 26, like I really don't drink. And now I think also in part because of that, because I'm not drinking like I was socially, I don't find myself drawn to the same environments that I was in before. And like I'm definitely in more of a cocooning phase of my life so like yeah the energy isn't there for me to like put myself out there to like go to a bar and see a show when like i don't really like the vibe of drunk people sure. i like i really fucking don't yeah. um but when you're drinking it's a little easier to deal with drunk people oh, yeah. um and now i just like i don't know i'm not trying to sound self-righteous or anything else but like yeah, especially if you're a young woman going to a bar by yourself. Sure. Like, yeah, I fucking definitely don't want to deal with, like, drunk <laughs> assholes, you know? Also, you're probably out at bars, like, more often than a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So oh, yeah. there's probably, like, exposure <laughs> and, like, burnout that comes from, like... I'm not been being there, yeah. done that. I'm not being paid to be here right yeah, now, yeah, yeah. so therefore, yeah, no, I play them, <laughs> but yeah, no. It's, you know the changing of one's seasons in their lives, I guess. Yeah. But that's not to say I don't enjoy going out to, like, the Admiral's Cup on a Thursday when, like, I know my friends, like, Tony Waddy or Matt Everhart and them are, like, right. playing with some great group, Ricky Wise. Yeah. I'll totally do that. Actually, you know? um, there was an Admiral's Cup show. We bumped into each other, and I still remember the lineup because it was Sean Preston, Laszlo Lee, yeah. and Ravagers. Mm -hmm. That's actually where I met Elias. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Wow. I went with Kit Whitaker. Do you know Kit? I don't. Oh, well, yeah. he, he and I drove up from Annapolis. Lazo Lee, um, I love them. That yeah, band I'm, is awesome. I'm uh, pretty good friends with Sean. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I probably have had, and this isn't many conversations, but I've probably chatted with Paul. Oh, Paul. yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Paul Mercado. Yeah, Makoto. Gear? Gear, yeah. Yeah. Shout out. Um, yeah. <laughs> We're gear? He's, yeah, he's super nice. They're yeah, actually yeah. Um, playing. He was as the nicest, like, Bases. Cool as bass. It's cool always, as bases. Yeah, you're just like, dude, what is that? He, He's like, I don't know. They're actually um, playing the benefit for our cello player from the Dead Pens on Sunday on Ken Island. Oh, okay. Cult Classic. Cool. Yeah, Paul actually, like, I think it's a Supra guitar. 
Um, but he's like, here, throw this in the raffle. So like, cause, wow. Yeah, so I'll That's see all those guys on, on Sunday. Very cool. If you're not doing anything, and want to make the hike over the bridge. Oh, man, I should. Where is it at? Cult Classic. Okay, cool. Yeah. This is going to come out after, but uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, me, it me does. Perso- <laughs> me, 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 me personally, though, yes. I, I might be able to go. So um, yeah. This show has already happened, yeah. so don't try to attend. <laughs> don't no. go to Cult Classic <laughs> on the- for, for that. Go for Unless you can time else. travel. Yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. <laughs> so I guess we were sort of talking about the creative process mm-hmm. and sort of Facing that inner negativity or doubt of doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I'm still there, you know. Um, me too. Things have been a lot better from this time last year for me personally in mm-hmm. that regard. But I don't know. I find it interesting when I see people who look like they're pretty comfortable or established in kind of who they are and what they do still talking about having that kind of issue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's... I don't know, you know, yeah. you, you seem very confident, and so doubt is just an interesting concept to me mm-hmm. when that's the case, yeah. you know, so. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, inner dialogue is extremely cruel to yeah. myself. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm very hard on myself, uh, like most, I think, sure. that yeah. aspire to things, um, that aspire in general. Um, yeah, I just, I'll, I'll back it up. So for anybody listening, when I was messaging John or like getting together this thing, I told him about how I hadn't written a song in three years. And so, well, now that we're here, um, I... (laughs) I don't know if I gathered that information, that you haven't written a song in this? No, I have now. I have have since this, but there was a a three-year period period of time, time, which I only just broke in August. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. So this is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... I didn't write any music for like three years. I was playing full time, like really hard, you know, playing covers, of course, but and playing shows, you know, original shows and stuff. But COVID, of course, you know, was a giant hiatus for me in the original show realm. But I just really just took the time off to like not write at all. And I have this insane crippling sense of perfectionism within me where like my self-worth is deeply tied to my accomplishments. So like, yeah, it looks like I'm doing a lot and I'm doing all these things. And it's like me constantly trying to like prove that I have significance in this world or else I feel like I'm going to be forgotten or like I'm just suddenly have nothing to contribute and I'm not inherently have any value unless I am doing something instead of just being, you know, that's my current struggle. Like I've really been trying to work on that. Um, That's a fucking horrible way to exist, but plenty of people do. And I didn't write any music or anything for like three years. And I kind of had this expectation inside of me that if like this thing doesn't come out of my mouth, if it's not an amazing masterpiece to like my own impossible standards, then like the world doesn't get to see it. So like I would just like edit myself before anything had the chance to like sure. really come out. Yeah. And yeah, like you haven't even yeah. finished like punctuating the sentence and you're like, yeah. Ah. yeah, yeah. I'm like pretty much I would censor myself to the point of like nothing that you have to contribute is important. Just don't, you know, and like it's really cruel. It's like a horrible thing. Like you would never say it to a friend, right? No. I'm trying to work on that. You, yeah. Self-compassion. Talk to yourself. Yeah. Like you're talking to a friend. Um, yeah. It's easier. Um, but <laughs> in August. Yeah. And, like, of course, I, I was going through some, like, you know, I'm just going to be blunt. Anybody that knows my music knows this. But, like, I've really dealt with some trauma in my life. And my early 20s were especially hard for me. And I think I got to the point where I felt very stifled by others and also just, like, internalized a lot of that. So yeah. fast forward to this last August in 2022. 
we are in 23 now. Well, yeah. um, so actually July, I had the chance to visit my grandmother in Florida, in St. Pete. She was in an Alzheimer's care facility. So my grand, this is the same grandma and like my grandparents who paid for my, all my piano lessons all those years. Oh, wow. They had like a, a very large hand in, in raising me growing up. And so when my grandfather died in 2019, um, my grandmother had already had Alzheimer's, but then lost like all of the context in her life, you know, so it just really skyrocketed from there. So they decided it was best to move her down to a facility in St. Pete next to my aunt, who was her primary caregiver essentially at the time. And then COVID happened. So like even in Florida, nursing home restrictions were like really strict. So I wasn't able to go visit her until July of 2022. Wow. So I hadn't, I didn't get to see my grandmother for like two years. And it, it got her Alzheimer's got so bad that I couldn't even talk to her on the phone. Like she just didn't understand what phones were and like couldn't hear. And so I had this feeling she was having some health issues and declining. And so I had this feeling that I needed to go down and see her. And I finally could. So my sister who lives in Florida as well, uh, we got in the car and went and visited her in July. And with Alzheimer's, you, um, you know, look for just moments of clarity. You don't expect anything like super crazy. I don't know if you've ever dealt with anybody in your family having memory issues, yeah. but it's pretty rampant in, in mine. And, yeah, yeah. Um, so we like uh, listened to some music with my grandmother. Like one of the songs that I would always play for my grandparents on their piano at their house was um, like Stormy Weather and they were super adorable and old and would dance to it with each other. It was really cute. Um, so we played that like on the phone and then um, we listened to... Edelweiss together, which the sound of music was like our family's like jam <laughs> growing up. Um, and just to hope that that music would kind of like jog some memory. And, sure. Uh, she definitely knew who we were, which was really comforting. And like, we were able to talk with her a little bit about my grandfather and just little things. And then she passed three weeks after we saw her. And so life was really crazy for me over the summer um, with other bullshit. And so I kind of hit my point where I, I was like, I need to put this somewhere, like my grief for my grandmother and, you know, everything else that was going on. And so I, and I was going to have to move soon and like life was just completely upheaved. And I finally sat down at a piano that I was house sitting at, at my friend's house and I just started plinking away. And then I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready to go like grab my guitar and my PA out of my car and like just set this shit up here in this living room while, since no one's here and just, and just try something out. Yeah. And um, I like to think that, my grandmother's last gift to me after the way that her and my grandfather loved me like all of my life was um, her love gave me like the last gift of being able to like pierce that break self-criticism yeah. in order for me to like be able to write again. Right. And so um, I wrote a song for her um, in August and that's going to be on the record. I snuck it on there. <laughs> um, that's amazing. And since then yeah. I have been able to write again, which has been really awesome. Nice. But is like, it, is it like, flowing or is um, it yeah no <laughs> it's it's trickling yeah, yeah. um you know i uh do you know ruben dobbs yeah so when i first came to annapolis i met ruben was one of the first people i met too sure and i got to um sit in with swamp candy for a gig because gina joey mitchell formerly of swamp candy um it was his wife she had lost her voice for a little bit so they needed me to like fill in i was like what the fuck like they were doing this big festival and I was freaking the fuck out. I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and Ruben had said to me in the car on the way up to Pennsylvania that, you know, turning on the faucet with music is like you turn the faucet on for the first time in a long time and the water runs brown, but as long as you keep it on, it eventually runs clear. And so I've been trying to show up 
for songwriting in the same way each yeah. day. Like, even if it's just a little trickle here sure. and there, like, at least I'm doing it so that hopefully... Maybe fighting through the will, uh, procrastination. 100%. Or, the, the, the stigma you know, that, like, art needs to be spontaneous oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. only. You, you need like, to be inspired to yeah. create. It's like, no, you need to, like, work the muscle. Do. You need to, like, go to the gym and totally. and do the reps. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to do that. And then eventually <laughs> you get to that, that one line where you're just like, Exactly. I'm like, finally, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. So there's been a lot of that. Um, And I think there was a shift for me in a lot of my writing pretty much exclusively were about like breakups and reflections on said breakups. And then when my grandmother died, it was like, I've buried a lot of friends in my life due to, you know, heroin and and things like that. But like losing my caregiver, someone that I considered a parental figure, um, was just a whole nother level of like the spectrum of grief and like the way in which love takes you through all these emotions, experiencing that level of grief for the first time with her. And then obviously, you know, my, my grandfather died, but sitting with that kind of allowed me to like take inventory and be like, I think I'm ready to stop writing just about breakups and like really address, not that breakups aren't a real valid, terrible thing, but like the depth of like serious loss. And like, sure, you know, I wrote a song last month about like trying to find a sense of normalcy in my survivorship after sexual violence. And like, I'm really writing about some real shit. Again, not that breakups aren't real, they totally are, but like I feel like I've I've kind of like I've evolved into like this place now where like I'm I don't know, I'm <laughs> writing about even harder subjects, but like it's just all the more cathartic for me and then sure. for my audiences, like the way in which I'm connecting with other people is yeah. just like priceless. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, is I, that vomit I for know. you? That's <laughs> 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 no, why that's... I don't leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> no, this it's awesome. I mean, I really appreciate you like being open to sharing all that kind of stuff, you know? It's my job. It's my <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that too. It's yep. it's good. I think, like, everyone admires bold people, but it's, like, it, it's inspiring to see people kind of be honest with themselves and honest about expressing and, mm-hmm. and being like, this is where I'm at, you know, and it's okay. I hope that one day we can, like, live in a society where, like, it's not considered boldness. It's just, like, people just being yeah. themselves without, like, anticipating shame or judgment. Yeah, I think, we're, I think we're going through, we, there's, like, a mass anxiety. Yeah. And we're trying to, like, figure it out. I think we are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, the world is fucking insane yeah. right now. But, like, if you look on a smaller scale at, like, your neighbors, yeah, I think people are figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, tell me about the album. Yeah, sorry. I have, like, awful post no. stuff going on no, right now. So if okay. I'm, like, yeah. into your microphone. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, the album? Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so all that shit about, well, you know, being deep sta- and stuff. it all started. Uh. <laughs> um, so the record, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm hoping it'll be out um, in the springtime. Okay. Yeah. Are um, the songs, you've written all the songs. Mm-hmm, okay. They are recorded. I'm just. Oh, they're recorded. Cool. Mm-hmm. Some mixing, maybe se- sequencing. They are mixed. Yeah. Wow. We just need them to be mastered. Wow. So. No kidding. Yeah. Shout out to, I actually had a lot of people work on this record. Um, this is my first solo record. And I was like really insistent to my manager that like I wanted to try and do this myself as much as possible because when we did the record with my old band the dead pens he was very involved and like i just felt like i didn't have enough of a part of things as i wanted to so like he let me like you know he like kicked me out of the nest and was like fly bitch and so basically like that's what this whole process has been so i recorded the record with demos with elias at the lair um and then i recorded some stuff with kit whitaker in annapolis nice and then 
I recorded some drums with Jay Robbins at Magpie. You played the drums? Hell no. Okay. <laughs> no, no, Elias did. And then Elias did drums on two songs and then, or three, uh, two, yeah, two songs. Okay. And then um, Ian Vieira of Super City. He did oh, yeah. drums okay, cool. on, uh, I think, another one of them. Right on. And then just one. And then, um, then I also recorded Grand Piano for the Record at Stages with Evan Kornblum, who I've known for a long time. Oh, I've met him recently. Yeah, yeah. he's a lovely guy. Very nice. But then I wound up landing the record and like redoing a bunch of shit and just like <laughs> finding my home ultimately with Steve Wright at Rightway Studios, hey. who he's the best. And he came to my show here at Joe Square. <laughs> you hear that, everyone else? You hear that, everybody? He's the best. He is. No, I love all of you, but I, I especially love Steve. So I'm kidding. I love all of you equally. <laughs> no, but it was You're really like, cool. Uh, dig this hole no. a little bit more. Edit this. Edit yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I didn't say yeah, any yeah. of this. No, <laughs> no, but I eventually landed it right way, and um, it was really cool. Like from a production and mixing side, like Steve and I just kind of immediately had ideas for everything. Cool. Like we just like were on the same page immediately and it was just so easy. Yeah, it was an awesome experience. Like just being able to work with so many of my friends and like have so many amazing musician friends of mine come in and work on the record too. Like Dan Ryan, he did yeah. um he wrote string arrangements for two of my songs on the record. Nice. So like it's just like littered with like so littered string, is a bad word. So string, <laughs> string arrangements, and then you got like string players to play yeah, them. Yeah, um, so Amy cool. Shook, she's okay. awesome. And then Sally, uh, Sally McGee, um, cello player from the Dead Pens. What a cool name. Yeah, she's she's <laughs> a cool lady, really cool. And then she actually um, wrote one of the singles that'll be on the record called okay. New Rules, and then she gave it to me to kind of produce and figure out. So very cool. Yeah, so there's some hella talent. Lots of good vibes, uh, lots of good people, uh, lots of good energy in this record, even the, if the record itself is a little heavy material-wise. Yeah. Does it have a title yet? It does. Um, the title is Light from a Dark Room. Oh, cool. Yeah, That's, which is... Uh, I like it. Yeah, it's indicative of, you know, I was just saying with... Um, I'm currently working on some, like, inside album art right now and uh, with my friend who's helping me with it. We were chatting about the title today, and a friend of mine actually had said, like, sending love and light from a dark room. Like, he, like, signed a message with that to me on Facebook Messenger, and I was like, yeah. are you using that for anything? <laughs> He's a musician, too. Yeah. He's like, no, you can have it. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> and, like, the more I've sat with it, I'm just like, yeah. fuck, if that doesn't, like, encapsulate. Well, you know. You know. I'm sure he's fine with it until it goes diamond. <laughs> yeah. I want royalties. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it, yeah, it's it's kind of um, representative of like the light being, you know, the fruit, the fruit being, the light being the fruit, the fruit being the music um, and the catharsis that, you know, was born from darkness and um, adversity and such. Hence the dark room aspect of everything else. But like this beautiful thing came from this room. And then I also, the more I thought about it, I like the idea of the fact that a room is something that you can come and go through. Mm -hmm. It's not a prison, you know? Sure. So like, yeah. which it just, I don't know, like the dark room was kind of this liminal space for me that like I'm always filtering in and out of as I write, as I live life. And yeah. Yeah. So that's the title of the album. That's awesome. So <laughs> yeah. you said spring? Hopefully. Hopefully. Which I think yeah. is going to be a great idea of spring. You think of like, yeah. we're coming out of yeah. the darkness of winter. 
yeah, here it is. <laughs> so are you still looking for a mastering engineer or are you, it's just in the process? It's just in the process. Cool. Very yeah. cool. Nice. Yep. But soon. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Dana, this was great. Yeah. Um, do you have any like social you want people to follow or anything? Sure. Yeah. Um, if you want to follow me on Facebook, uh, I am Dana Denise, Dana with an H. Denise with a C, which I'm sure you'll see the spelling on this podcast episode. Um, yeah. But that's my Facebook music page. And then my Instagram is under the same handle. One day I will cave and get TikTok, which will be under the same handle. Yeah. And then my website will be up and running soon, which is danadenise.com. Nice. So, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I'm, I, think, I think we're good. I think we're good. This is great. Oh, I guess also um, I'm about to get back into visual art. I've taken a hiatus from that too. So if you want to follow... Dana Koch artistry on Facebook that's out there as well. Boom. Which you can see my art on my Instagram too. So yeah, I was either way, you gotta get the IG going. Yeah. yeah. It's all it's all it's all you can find <laughs> yeah. it. It's there. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well thanks again. Yeah. This was Absolutely. awesome. Yeah.